We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in this episode, we're joined by a good friend as we talk about some of the latest trailers to hit the internet, as well as his experience on becoming a video game character. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me on the show today, we have... The justifiably juvenile jester of journalistic jousting, Justin. Hey, 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 hey. That's my jousting. <laughs> I don't think jousting. you know what jousting is. That's I jousting. clearly don't. I clearly don't. That was like that was more karate. I feel than than jousting. I don't. I don't know. That. Like Ross, it was vigorous. Yeah, yeah. That was vigorous jousting. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's see here. And next to him. If he spends too much time in the sun, he'll also be turning red. We have first of his name, King of the Course and the Seven Kingdoms, the Keeper of Crocs and the Kaiser of Chamomile. He's the Crusader, Kevin Hudson. Oh, you know what? I'm, I, the only thing I'm keeping on courses is the grounds crew busy having to fix all my divots after I hack it up. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And, and just so everybody is aware, it's always Birkenstocks over Crocs. But stocks otherwise, over I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> Hashtag that. Hashtag stocks over Crocs. Uh, and you already heard his voice. He's hacking his way into our hearts. We have the magistrate of malware, the mathematical minister of the municipalities, multiplicities, the multi-sensory master of the matrix, Mr. Monroe Pierce Chambers. Does that make me a version of a mayor or something? Like, there was a <laughs> lot of stuff going on there with the regions, I, municipalities. Yeah, I tried to include Canadian. That's a lot to take in. You're yeah, right. I, you a know, lot of Canadian words there. I put, like, some video gamey like, tech jargon in there. How are you doing, Monroe? I'm very, very good. I'm better because I'm with you fine gentlemen. What's the second Aww. time in, what, a week and a half? Not even less much. That? Probably less than that. Yeah. Probably Jeez. less than that. You were on our, our, our Loki Watch Club finale, which you can all listen too to. Too soon. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a little too soon. Yeah, love makes uh, the heart grow fonder, and I think, you know what I mean, we need to make that happen. There you go. Well, listen, um, my, my heart definitely grows fonder for you, and uh, I'm stoked <laughs> to talk about trailers with you, Monroe, as well as uh, your your latest role in a freaking video game, uh, which, you know, I'm a huge gamer, uh, and, and we all are, so we're so stoked to talk to you about that. But before we do, let's move right into Whatcha. Uh, it's been a while since we've Whatcha'd. Justin, uh, Whatcha being whatcha um, I haven't Whatcha'd much. Um, I think <laughs> other than uh, Space Jam, which we saw this past weekend. Uh, yep. Go check that podcast out. Uh, our quick fire reviews. Um, other than that, I did check out one thing that was new, uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. It's on Netflix. Uh, stars uh, Karen Gillian, uh, Lena Headey, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett. Uh, it's, it's actually quite the interesting female ensemble. And it's kind of like, I, I would almost describe it as a female John Wick. Like there's a little bit of this behind the scenes world to this, right. I guess, assassin's life. Um, cool. It doesn't have coins and 
weird sort of terminologies and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I really liked it. I loved the music. It, it felt very, the score was really, uh, really cool. It had a very Western uh, vibe to it. Um, um, I would probably give it... I don't know, a four out of five. I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. Um, other than that, I've just been, oddly enough, just going through some Marvel stuff. Uh, like rewatching <laughs> the MCU? Yeah, like I, after Black Widow, I went back and I watched all of her movies, and then I watched Black Widow again, and now I'm into <laughs> Infinity War, and uh, I'm going to probably do Endgame. So, um, yeah, and I've just been enjoying the whole, obviously, the Loki experience, and, uh, you know, just... Yeah, I, I, but really, other than that, it's just been just been busy with other stuff editing and, and so on so haven't done done much very much what you i'm hoping to do some more this weekend though yeah yeah i think i'm i think we've got some some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline that i'm so stoked to uh talk about here on the podcast um but yeah man like speaking of the mcu like my mom was watching the little scenes here and there from loki as i was watching with my dad and she's like i think i want to watch the mcu and i was like wait you want to watch the i'm like all right, the rewatch is happening. Kevin's already doing it. I'm going to do it. And if I get to watch it with my mom and see her experience, like going through all this stuff that I guarantee she has no idea about all the different spoilers and things like that, I am, I'm amped. I think that's always a fun time. Um, actually, another thing I watched in, in connection to Marvel has been the animated show that I think you guys had mentioned previously, uh, Modoc. Oh, yeah. Um, I really got like just started going deep with that and i'm actually enjoying it i think it's it's pretty funny i like the animation the comedy is is pretty funny i like the sort of docu style that they try to try to put in it um i think modok is hilarious like i think he's just he's such a buffoon if you will um and i just like how they make they bring in some really interesting characters like they they have their version of the joker which is a character called like arcade and, okay and he he makes like these his like these games of death and they brought him in and it's such an obscure character that I was like, I was like, this is so random. I thought it was just a made up character. And then I dived in and it's like, yep, that's that's an actual Marvel villain. And Darcy was actually able to confirm that. So, well, that's that's one of the only things I've kind of enjoyed about the show. I mean, Patton is great and the animation style is really neat. But the one thing I have enjoyed is that you're seeing these characters on screen and you're like, they are making up the dumbest characters, but they're all oh, actual real. characters yeah. that have been in comics. Yeah. And it works perfectly when your lead character is Modoc, which is, was a terrible idea to begin with and has become nothing but a joke on the pages itself. So it just all blends so, yeah. and, and fits really nicely yeah. in that regard. Yeah, I think, the, I think they found a really interesting way to, to do something that's crude comedy while still, you know, incorporating Marvel elements. Like, of course, this isn't canon, or maybe it is, I'm not sure. You know, Pat Patton Oswalt said that he'd love to be MODOK in the live action, which I think is just <laughs> hilarious. That'd be amazing. That'd be cool. To that point, though, I think that's, it's kind of wonderful that they're taking these characters that were kind of thrown to the wayside. They were kind of like, this is yeah. so random and weird. And through performances, through illustration, by putting them out there you we may find some real gems some ones like that are like oh that's such a random character on paper like back back when they came out but then maybe one's like oh my goodness i want to see that live action so that's yeah. i i i like that i like yeah. when they take these things that shouldn't work it's not supposed to work and they're like no no let's highlight it let's see if yeah. it does yeah, for, totally. for just for for giggles and yeah. that that robot chicken style animation that they that they have they, they've really perfected it really well. It's it's actually very well done. So it's definitely fun. I, I laugh out loud every so often when I'm watching it. Yeah, it's 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 like one of those shows where like you don't have to watch it so much as you're just I'll watch it. I'll put it on. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Kevin, 
Uh, well, you, you had mentioned that I was going through my my MCU rewatch, and I did just uh, wrap that up recently. Uh, I will nice. say I am so jealous of Anne uh, 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 that she gets to experience it all for the first time because I would absolutely love to go back and see some of these characters and moments for the first time. Oh, my gosh. Um, and obviously I won't go into what I think of the MCU. It's incredible. We, we say it every week in one regard. I just – this that the rewatch really got me amped up and, and – it showed me how much I've missed seeing these MCU movies in theater and seeing this story progress. And we really haven't gotten anything. I mean, the shows have been great. Black Widow was really good and I enjoyed it, but I'm ready now for, for the next phase of the movies. And I think Shang-Chi probably won't do much for that. Who knows about the Eternals, but by the end of the year and all through next year, I think we're really going to see this story just propel forward. And it's very exciting. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, theaters have now opened up in Ontario. And one thing I did see, Kevin, is that the uh, and this is something that sounds like you and your family would totally do this. And if so, I'm invited. Uh, but you can you can do the whole private movie theater. And we've talked about this before, but I, I, I had one of the Cineplex employees like tell me like, yeah, you can actually rent out a theater. Um, what I should have asked is, can we all watch Endgame? in the theater when we do that because I think that would be such a phenomenal experience to just you know kind of watch it again on the big screen like that that'd be so we've cool. all we've all got to fill different roles of people that were in the theater on that opening weekend right we need the the, the hooting and hollering crowd we need yeah. the crying people you know <laughs> yeah, crying we, through we, their Captain America mask <laughs> yeah totally very cool um, outside of that, uh, I've been watching Rick and Morty season five. Got to mm. say, I've been kind of disappointed after the really? first episode. I, I just thought the last four have fallen a bit flat. I don't know if, you know, if they're running out of ideas or, or it's just, I don't know. It's just in a weird place right now. I thought season four was pretty weak and this season started great, but it's kind of petered off for me. So I don't know. Dude, I completely, <laughs> I mean, we, we disagree on something sometimes. I, think that uh, season five is actually going really well i think it's only missed one in one episode that was really weird uh if people who are watching i'm not going to spoil it but if you know you know which episode i'm probably talking about um that was just kind of a big sort of single gag that they carried through throughout the entire episode which felt very family guy to me and i didn't dig that sort of lowbrow humor of the late family guy stuff so um but i don't know man i i've been really enjoying it i don't know <laughs> uh, maybe i've just come to expect too much after those first two seasons sure which are just you can never you can never right yeah 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 um i checked out a movie uh from 2019 called uh ready or not it's a uh horror dark comedy samara weaving and uh uh what is it? adam brody uh really really enjoyed that i'm not much for the scary movies but uh this wasn't really your typical horror in that regard and i just thought it was a lot of fun, and and you, you never really knew where the characters were going, and and some of the the things that happened to them were surprising and and a lot of fun. So I I definitely enjoyed that and would recommend it. Yeah, the trailer uh, that I remember seeing it, I, I can't believe I I glossed over it because I was excited to watch it, but I never actually watched it. Uh, it. Looks very Knives Out almost in a way, right? Who done it? Yeah, cool, sweet. It did really really well in the festival circuit when in in that year. Uh, when we were taking Harpoon around, uh, mm -hmm. we like that was always there, and it's a really, really good film, and it's it's got that Clue vibe, but it's it's got some comedy, and it's uh, it it did very, very well in the festival circuit. I just yeah. I just couldn't help during certain scenes going, "Are you sure that's not Margot Robbie? Are you positive? <laughs> she just looks so yeah. much like her in she that movie." Yeah. Like um, <laughs> I did check out uh, the Tomorrow War on Prime. Garbage. 
Oh garbage. man, it was not what very good. Garbage. garbage. I don't even, even know what this is. It's a Chris Pratt movie. Uh, basically, <laughs> people from our time need to are recruited from people in the future to go fight a war that's taking place about thirty years in the future. And I don't know. It just I watched that it, two weeks ago, and I it like left my. It mind was very much a made for prime movie. How's that for you? <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's the new standard of bad movies that we're going to get from these streaming sites. So yeah, that that one you can avoid. They they talked about how much money they put into that, right? And that that I think that was supposed to be a theater release. Uh, especially given the summer, but there were moments that were fine. And I'll tell you what, with, to to be included with my what ten dollar a month Amazon Prime sure. subscription fee, fine. I yeah. would have been a little cheesed if I spent sixty bucks on a date night to go to the theaters for that one. I will. Yeah, I will oh, be I'd perfectly be, yeah. honest. Yeah, I think that's the thing, though. It's like you got to find with the streaming services having so much now, like Netflix and Prime having so many different stuff popping up every week, you got to find those real gems, right? And so sometimes there's those gems that get pushed to the forefront because of the marketing budget. And sometimes there's those gems that you just have to hear about, right? I'm so, telling you. Uh, I, but I will say that, that the tomorrow war obviously being pushed to the forefront, the fact that it's getting a sequel is blowing my mind, but whatever, whatever, it's fine. I believe that's going to be fun. the yesterday war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Check out uh, Gunpowder Milkshake, a better, yeah. you know, streaming movie. Right yeah. on. Uh, now, speaking of streaming, um, because of a weird release schedule, for us, this, my last movie here, I saved it for last because I'm sure a few of us will talk about it. Um, you know, it almost felt like it was a, a newly released movie, even though it was released in the States in, I think, May. But for us, Quiet Place 2 just came out and was already free on Amazon Prime. Like, let's go. Yeah, I, I went to go rent it, turned on Prime, and it was there for free. And I thought, oh, this I, I win here, you know? Yeah, dude, I, uh, I got a chance to see it in the theaters. And uh, I had enough scene points as my it was my first movie back. And I was like, if I'm going to go back to be my first movie back, because we had plans to go see Space Jam, which we watched. And like, I'm like, that's not going to be my first movie back in the movie theater. So even though I could have watched it on Amazon Prime, I, I got it for free in a theater. So I, I went to uh, to the Colossus. And dude, it was like my spoiler free two cents would be it's, it's better paced than the first one. But it does serve as more of an extension of, a, of the first one rather than like a full sequel you know what i mean but like um i've heard people say it's better than the first one i, I don't agree with them i don't think I, it's better but no but it's it would be it was so hard for them to make a sequel to that first movie without yeah. it just not being very good and this is very very good and absolutely some of the character work for them to basically replace one character from the first movie with a whole new character in this one and you care as much about him as you go through the movie i thought that was so well done like you know yeah, john yeah. krasinski is obviously very very talented or at least has found something with this formula and i'm all for a third after after seeing the second one see there's always times where you always feel like you do these films and then you're like why can't it just be a one-off why can't it right. just be like a one hit and then but they always want to make a second one and i get why they did i haven't seen it yet but i was like when i heard about the oh they were doing a second one i was like did it need I, it? I, it didn't need it, it yeah. like would it stand over the test of time by just being a solo and just being it just it was just it was so good the first one yeah did, are you risking it yeah and but, it, again, it but if it's done well risk. Yeah, it was a huge risk, and I honestly don't think that this one hurts the first one at all. No, and that's wonderful. Yeah, then successful, yeah. you've won. And, and if I you can stay status, you're fine. I would have. I would have bet yeah. against that being the case, but they they proved me wrong. 
And like yeah. it still gives you the feeling like when I was in the theater, like if you get a chance to go out to the theater to, to watch this, please do. Because in the theater, it still gives you that feeling that if you saw it in the theater in the first time, like of being the theater so quiet that like even reaching into be- your bag of popcorn, you're like scared to like crunch on something. Like I waited for the loud scene so I could eat something like it's honestly it's I really enjoyed it. And it's such a great movie. movie. There's honestly, it's like a 50 50 loud and then super quiet. Um, so yeah, man, definitely really good stuff. Just the one thing with sequels is that it's the trickiest thing because people try to go way too far with it yeah. or they try to completely flip the script. Yeah. You have to keep what you have to do what brought you there. If it's mm-hmm. a hit, you have to have that kind of recipe and then add a couple new spices and just you you can't get too crazy with it and you just got to straight. So that's so it's so great to hear that the second one, yeah. I'm going to watch it, but the second one held up because mm-hmm. I was so worried when I heard they were doing a second one. I'm like, no, don't just do it for the money. Mm-hmm. I But again, with Krasinski and, you know, with Blunt, I was just like, okay, you're, you're okay, let's go. Yeah, I think the, the thing though, it's not always the, the case with all sequels, but you know, you have in this case, you know, Kredinsky had a story ready to go that just hadn't been flushed out for a sequel. He always knew that there was going to be more. But I think that, you know, in the case of what you're describing, where they, they do stretch beyond like a tomorrow war having a sequel, like that's producers wanting to just, you know, extend that as, as far as they can. So, you know, it gets muddled, right, with, to your point, the intention of, of what that sequel is it needs to do. So I think here we have Kredinsky really kind of, you know, flushing this out, right? So... I think you, you nailed it that that's the hardest part about a sequel is 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 it necessary or are you just doing this because and this one captures the it, it gets the characters right again and that was sort of what drove that first movie and so the characters really drive this and the scope of the story doesn't get too big they keep it quite contained still into this sort of isolated environment where it's not getting too out of hand and we're we're still intimate with these characters and and yeah it's, it was a, it was a home run I was really impressed. Very cool. Well, we know that uh, it'll be on a future whatcha of Monroe's, but Monroe, uh, whatcha? My whatchas have <laughs> mainly been uh, animated Star Wars series. Uh, oh. So I've been, we've uh, finished off Rebels. Nice. Uh, we being my partner and I, because there's been, we, we, we like to do these like kind of annual stuff. So I love, you know, I didn't like when we, uh, what was it? What was the series that came out that they just gave us? It was, it wasn't Mandalorian, but it was, they just gave you every single, every single episode. Oh no, no, oh, yeah. it was before it was everything, every single episode. And then it was Mandalorian. There's like, okay, we're doing every other week. Right. And they went back to that tradition. So partner and I, uh, we love that. So it's kind of a tradition risk. So we finished off rebels. We're still, uh, riding high on bad batch. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. And then outside of those two, I've just been kind of going back over the years and, you know, the Oscar seasons and everything like that for films I haven't been able to watch. So I circled back. I did Black Klansman. um, Oh, nice. And then uh, there's got got a couple other on my list. Um, And then other than that, just kind of, you know, things have been pretty busy for me, which has been uh, great. Uh, especially given these times. And so I kind of, when I get a chance just to depress, not depress, but like, you know, just relax and try to wind down. I like to watch some of my classic films that, I, that just bring me joy or that are just childhood films. So I, you know, I, I, I always run to remember the Titans or Notting Hill or, oh, so you know, good. ones that are just night, just good watches that get pull a couple of emotions out of me that you need to get vented out. Very nice. I, that's what I love. I love movies that can do that for you, right? Like, I always talk on the podcast about, like, 
how I love to cry <laughs> when I when no, I watch a movie. It's, it's yeah, it's ne- it's necessary, right? Like that's yeah. why I like certain the films in childhood, and you got to go to the that nostalgic place because you're gonna laugh, you're gonna feel uplifted. That's why for me, like Remember the Titans for me has all that for me, um, and even Notting Hill and some other ones. Like I, I always like to run to about time as well, especially when I'm oh, feeling yeah. you know, especially in these moments. I like, get you know people. It just it was like about time. If I could just say, about time is just one of the greatest films I've seen in a long time. I I just loved it. Um, but you you, you gotta cry. You gotta you let gotta the cry. boo-hoos out. And for <laughs> me, it's I I uh, so that's what I've been doing mainly. But the main ones have been you know uh, finishing Rebels, uh, which we loved, and yeah. uh, Bad Batch obviously, and then obviously Loki, and uh, we just watched the assembled. Uh, Oh yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. For Loki, I haven't watched it yet. Very cool, sweet. It's it's uh, if I can do, it's not a spoiler, but they got as creative as they did with the series. It was a spin on the assembled series that they've been doing for the other two. So it was oh. pretty, it, it was just cool. It was just it was very it was very cool. I I we enjoyed it. It was cool. Fun. Sweet. I'll definitely have to check that out. So it's a part of a future one of my watches. Uh, but what what I've been. Uh, watch it. I mean, we kind of already talked about a lot of it, right? Space Jam we watched, and um, A Quiet Place Part 2, Rick and Morty. Um, behind the Attraction, um, I did tonight. I watched the Haunted Mansion so yes. episode. So did I, yes. And it was so good, and I had no idea that we go through a tunnel? What? Oh, you like, didn't I know didn't, that? Yeah, I didn't know. Because- so, so, like, was anyone, like, I, I didn't find that episode And I'm not like some, not like you, Kev, who knows a lot about Disney, but like none of it was really new other than. Oh, it was for me. Yeah. Like, I I mean, to be fair, we've seen stuff on the Imagineers series that they did. Yeah. We've done, you know, the behind the the scenes tour, right? Where Mm -hmm. they told us a lot of stuff. Uh, So, I mean, you know. What, they know, they can only tell us so much. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, honestly, I having seen a lot of the series, I thought it was. Uh, you know, a phenomenal episode for yeah. me. And I just, I don't know. I thought it was really well done and it really all came together really nicely, which is something that, you know, we talked about in the review that I was kind of upset that the, the series didn't necessarily yeah, do. Yeah. So um, I was happy that the episode did for sure. I liked how they showed where, you know, how they adapted the haunted mansion for the different parks. Like I believe it's yes. in, Ch- in, it's in Hong cool. Kong. It's called uh, mystic manner, S- mystic manner. And it's, yeah. it's not really ghosts or something like that. It's, it's more so, spiritual, bi- yeah, spiritual yeah, based, yeah. and then so yeah, in, in Euro Disney, oh, that's what it used to be called. Like, what is yeah. it, Disney Disneyland Paris? Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, 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 we'll get them some American flair and do a cowboy theme. You know, yeah, the French yeah. will lead it up. That's great. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then I also watched on Apple TV Plus. I watched Schmigadoon. Uh, which is this really Kevin's fresh musical show. comedy. Uh, <laughs> All the musicals. I literally have written here, I promise you, Kevin, you would hate it. Um, it's a, it's a, but listen, 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 listen. It's, uh, it's, a, it's starring Cecily Strong and uh, Keegan-Michael you Key. You lost and, me there, the first name you lost. <laughs> oh, no. And they, they are in this romantic comedy that's also a musical that makes fun of musicals. So if you're a fan of musicals, unlike like Kevin, right? It's, it's, so like much that, yeah. fun to sort of see them. Yeah, it's parody on parody, and it's it's got like levels to it and layers to it. And I've only watched the first two episodes, um, so I'm really really stoked to watch this uh, third episode, which will be out by the time you're listening to this. Um, I don't know why Kevin hates musicals so much, but uh, it's just dude. not plausible, man. 
It's just not plausible for someone to break out in singing and song and dancing. But they literally, but Justin, they literally address Unless that it's in the show. I yeah, but, but that's they what, do that's it what for I'm the saying. whole show. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Kevin, I'm you sorry, can't I was being sarcastic. Me. I appreciate yeah. musicals, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can't tell me you've been in line for Subway and they don't have cucumbers on the ready and you don't break out into song and sing about it. You can't tell me that's never happened to you. You can't. That's true. And if you do, you're lying. Yeah, 100%. Maybe not cucumbers, okay. but chocolate milk. I think that would get him into singing. That would get me pretty well. <laughs> that would get you singing. <laughs> <laughs> that would get the tone going. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I know we're going a little long in this whatcha, but listen, it's just been such a long time. So really quickly, two things that I've been playing really quick. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Uh, but I also really wanted to bring up a game that I just discovered uh, last night called Death's Door. And I have to tell you, I love when games come out and are just so surprisingly fantastic that like you 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 don't expect anything from this game. You don't know, really know much about it. And then you start playing it and it just gives you everything you want. Um, it's sort of a combination of like top-down Zelda, like Link's Awakening mm. meets like a Soulsborne game. So it's like right. crazy difficult. And the themes mm. of the game have me really hooked in. You play as this crow okay. who works as a reaper uh, at this mm. agency, which is so similar to the TVA. It's blowing my mind. Um, and so you have to harvest the souls of giants uh, in order to pass into the afterlife. And I'm just telling you right now, you've got, you've got your, your, your bow and arrow. You've got a sword. You dodge. You flip. You fly. It's phenomenal. Uh, you know, Monroe, bird? I was telling you, to, I, I told you to jump on the stream and watch it. What did you think? So... There's two things that top down point of view, like that, that, that kind of style. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I do not like it. It yeah. bugs me. I don't know why it does, but it does. It's yeah. a yuck for me. But <laughs> I will say it's a yuck for me. This is not a yum. And I'm not yeah. saying it's bad. I'm just yeah. saying I don't like it. It is the cilantro of views for games oh, for no. me. <laughs> but I will say this that I'm into. Like, I was like, the clip you saw, I had to watch a little bit in between things. Yeah. And I was watching it and I was like, is that Voldemort with a lightsaber? What am I watching here? <laughs> but it looked so cool. I got, yeah. I was really into it. Um, the, But that, I don't know why the mechanics worked for me there, but I was really, I'm jacked up to play it. Dude, I'm telling you, as soon as it can come to other platforms, it's exclusive to Xbox and PC right now, and I know you don't have those, and I told you to, like, listen, before you fall in love with this, just know this, but, dude, honestly, like, I know you're such a huge fan of story games. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is your number one in the world, as you've yeah. told me many times, and Easy. so, right, and so it's like, this game, the characters and the the story and the way that they the characters are, like, are, are so far in the first couple hours of just interacting with them. They're so charming. And I'm just, honestly, if you haven't checked out Death Store, do that. Um, did it on Xbox. And hopefully it comes to Switch because I'd love to play it at work. What I need to do is I need to watch you on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Is it Twitch? It's Twitch. It's Twitch. <laughs> I'm not, I'm an old man. You're not with um, I Listen, I know a couple things, but I, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, so on Twitch, I need to do what I did with Ori, which is just watch you play it and then fall in love from there. Yeah. Because um, you, you have played it a few times, right? No, I well, I played it once last night and then again tonight. It so. was last night, so that's why, because I, I was working last night, so that's yeah. why. Yeah, so man. the next time, I'm going to be there. 
Perfect. And I'm going to be watching this little game. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, listen, uh, hang on. Let me just check my clock here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Kevin, what time is it? Oh, you better believe. It's trailer time. All right. It is trailer time. Thank you, Kevin. And your banjo work, I must say, is improving. I'm noticing every every day. Um, those, those fingers are plucking harder every you day. Got, you got blisters on these fingers. Uh, listen, we're going to talk about our first trailer here uh, called for, for a movie called The Last Duel. This is directed by the one and only Ridley Scott uh, with screenplay by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Nicole Holofcener. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies if I'm not. Uh, this is starring Jodie Comer, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, Harriet Walter and Alex Lothar. So this movie is about King Charles VI, uh, who declares that uh, Knight Jean de Jean de Carouges um, settle his dispute by his squire. Uh, sorry, with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Anyways, it comes out October fifteenth in theaters, and it looks it looks really great. Um, what do you guys think of the last duel trailer, Justin? I think I think Ben Affleck. Uh, in a period piece is really weird. Uh, Matt Damon is even more questionable. Uh, it, it was it was a little jarring. The only person that seemed to fit there was Adam Driver. I don't know. But sure. seeing Ben Affleck with that blonde... Cut, the blonde hair, dude! <laughs> I kind of chuckled. Yeah. I, I'm really not sure how I feel about goodwill jousting. Yeah. Um, like, and, and it's very it? good. And, that was very <laughs> good. For that. And, and what is it with? Yeah, oh yeah, I've been sitting on that one all day. Um, and what is it with Ridley Scott? You know, he's been accused of making these movies and whitewashing his cast. Now mm. he's now he's like American washing his cast. He's got people with no accents in this 13th century period piece, and they're speaking with American accents. It's yeah. it's just really bizarre and weird. So that threw me off of of what was otherwise a movie that. It's going to tell a really interesting story because it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it just that t distracted me too much, I think. I was going to say 100%. Like, I have a note here, like, seeing Ben Affleck with that haircut took me out of the trailer. Like, mm -hmm. Matt Damon, I actually think looks a lot like um, uh, Travis Fimmel in a show called Raised by Wolves, which I think we talked about on the podcast. Um, there's a character named Marcus, and he's got, like, the exact same mm -hmm. haircut and even, like, scars on his face. Witcher-esque so, even, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but like I was, yeah, I'm worried that it's going to be distracting the movie. Like there's a reason that Game of Thrones, the cast for Game of Thrones was so freaking phenomenal because like besides Sean Bean, none of them were really recognizable to me. So seeing these actors that, you know, I, I feel like I'm just going to see like Batman and, and Kylo Ren again. But I, I also feel like how phenomenal they are at acting. Like either they're convincing enough as these medieval lords or maybe the movie's going to focus a lot more on Jodie Comer's character, and that's what's going to maybe be the redemption. I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's entirely what that's going to be, like, the focus of. And, and, you know, she's centered in this story, surrounded by men, and I feel like that's that's very much that. I am I am interested to see Ridley Scott return to sort of the medieval style. I, I've always been a fan of, of that from things like, you know, Gladiator, Robin Hood. Um, right. I actually really liked Robin Hood with Russell Crowe and... Uh, yeah, I think I think this looks like it still looks to par of what, you know, we would expect from a Ridley Scott medieval piece. So 
Uh, that that I'm, as much as I'm looking forward to. But yeah, the actors, at least just Ben Affleck. Adam Driver's a fantastic actor. Like, you know, right. hands down, he is, he will win an Oscar at some point in his career. And uh, I mean, he's been was... in a lot of other movies, to be fair. Yeah, yeah dude. He was phenomenal in Marriage Story. The marriage and, like, Story was unreal, I watched. Though. I did watch that movie. And I, I for, to his credit, I didn't think of Kylo Ren when I watched it. So besides like when he started really yelling, but other than that, I didn't, I didn't think of Kylo Ren Monroe. Do you think you're going to see Kylo Ren in this movie or what do you think? I, I've honestly, Adam driver to me, Kylo Ren is the one off from what I've known him for. Yeah. Like okay. what I've known him for, to be honest, like yeah. as an actor, like you've seen him in like in black Klansman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even close. And then I forget the, it's left me right now, but the one where he's got a prosthetic arm. Logan Lucky, Daniel he's Craig. so great in Logan, Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at some of the previous stuff, like it's, to me, when he got cast as Kylo Ren, I was like, well, yeah. And that's the same thing you saw with, like with Hayden Christensen, when he got cast, it's because he killed it at Sundance. Yeah, right. He was, yeah, yeah. He was the next up and coming guy. And there's even, there's so many actors like that on all spectrum that you're just like, no, that. He's a really talented, talented actor. For this trailer, I thought one of the best parts was just the graphics and the editing done to come in and out of shots. I thought that was, that was cool. really, really, really cool. And I wish, personally, they... Because is this the first trailer for this film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that, that to me, I I don't know why. And I'll, and I'll never make a pure judgment until I see it. But if a trailer's too long they're hiding something or they're trying to cover something mm. that oh. it's I, when, when a trail, like when we saw the first trailer for Dune mm-hmm. yeah. short, sweet. Yeah. You, it, it pulled you in. This gave you almost everything you needed to know of like what the actual story is, unless they're going to totally give you a left hook of what, like some misdirection. Right. But I think they could have just simplified a little bit more because the, the cuts with the animations and the editing, pulling them in and out, I thought that was so cool. So if they just simplified it, I think the trailer would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a sucker for an epic. Um, I think the reason why Matt Damon, people are going to say he looks strange is because what we've seen him recently do in any kind of epic has always been sticky and parody, mm-hmm. right? I, I immediately thought of him and Thor. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Right. Yeah, but I yeah, still yeah. think that. But they're so talented. I think it's gonna be good. But it's gonna be somewhere between. And I, I love that you you literally took the words out of my mouth. It was literally between Robin Hood and A Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's gonna be a cross there. I also thought immediately of Heath Ledger, like thinking, like if he was if he was still around, he would be playing probably Matt Damon's character. Interesting. Yeah. With Adam Driver and like what like what a what a oh. collaboration that would be. Oh, that'd um, be an but epic. again, yeah. But I think you know I I think it will be uh sent around something different i think there it's yeah. there should be some misdirection but again with ridley scott we don't know um but i i i'm i'm a i'm a big fan of it anyway and i think it it, it, ha- it had enough there to make me want to watch it but there is you know the the american accent thing was funny <laughs> yeah man and <laughs> yeah it's kind of like again like why why do they not have the parisian accent or can they not do it did they did they want the did they really really want those actors and that's that's why they're going that direction but i i'm really stoked as well for jody comer like you see in the logo treatment she's in the middle of those two swords so clearly that's the story of of the of the the book right um but you know she also was fantastic in star wars as ray's mother uh anyways (laughs) uh, let's move on to our next trailer 
um, for Vacation Friends. Uh, this is directed by Clay Tarver. Uh, and it's written by him as well as Tim and Tom Mullen. Uh, it stars Lil Ray Howlery, uh, Yvonne Orgy, Meredith Hagner, and John Cena. Uh, and this story is about a couple who meets up with another couple while on vacation in Mexico, but their friendship takes an awkward turn when they get back home. Uh, I sent this trailer to Justin to ask him if he wanted to include this because we already had like so many more trailers. Like we were like, we're running out of space for this. And he's like, I don't care what you have to take out. This we're we're talking about this. So Justin, what did you think of the trailer for Vacation? I loved Friends? it. I thought it was hilarious. It looks like it's going to be a you know a, a classic sort of comedy summer comedy film. It looks yeah, rom com. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks fun. I'm I'm interested yeah. in 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 seeing it. John Cena looks hilarious. John Cena's killing it, man. Yeah. I think he's killing it. He's killing the game. He's going to be in Suicide Squad, and I think we're going to fall in love with him even more. And then when this movie comes out, I don't know, man. I've, I've never been, like, watching this trailer, I'm actually excited to watch this movie and laugh at a dumb movie, which yes. normally I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. I'm not normally the kind of guy that's like, I, you know, I'm more of a Palm Springs guy. Like, you know, shout out to Meredith Hagner, who's in Palm Springs, and her character's really funny in that as well. But I'm more of a, I'm more of a, a Palm Springs smart, you know, elevated indie uh, comedy than I am the sort of dumb like bro film or, or you know, just dumb movie that with the popcorn. Mm, there's got to be a the, balance. The, the drug jokes, but yeah. there's got to be a balance, right? And so I'm honestly, I'm I'm oddly excited for this. I don't you know. You will not get a balance in this one. This is going to be <laughs> hammy, loud, yeah, obnoxious no, for two hours. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean Ugh. balance in terms of watching. Like it's good to watch those movies, but it's it's you know it's okay to watch like you know stupid mindless movies like this that you know to your point is just going to be hammy and and silly. Yeah, you know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's that. I I completely agree. I like watching a trailer. I'm like, oh yeah, we're the Millers, neighbors, <laughs> yeah, couple exactly. of feet. Like I know, like you you know the recipe. You've tried it a thousand times. You're gonna get some laughs. Yeah, and you know yeah. how it's gonna end. Like it's yeah. it's. But you know what? There there is a place for those films uh, for everyone. And some people are gonna totally go against them. And some people that's all they watch. And yeah, I think it's it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, you know what you're getting. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, listen, even if uh, maybe Kevin comes to the theater with us or maybe not. Either way, I definitely want to go see this movie uh, as a foursome. Uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> uh, talk about our final trailer. Um, and this is an odd, odd sort of turn to talk about this kids movie now. But we're going to talk about Pixar's Turning Red. This was a trailer that... Uh, that actually dropped a little while ago, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it, and I really wanted to talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so stoked to talk about it. This is directed and written by Domi Shi, uh, starring Rosalie Chang and Sandra Oh. Uh, and the oh. description, all we have for the description is a 13-year-old turns into a giant red pano, panda whenever she gets too excited. This comes out spring 2022 in theaters and possibly on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Monroe, what did you think of the Turning Red trailer? Absolutely loved it. And just that description there, that's all it gave us. That's all I want. That's all I need. Yep. I, I'm sold. I, I don't I I don't want this long explanation. Uh I think for those who um had opinions about Luca that it yeah. was a little more uh mainstreamed and it was a little more sheltered, it wasn't as like depthful and complex. I think this is gonna bring us right back to it. Um I have no idea what it's about. I have enough to make me want to jump in the water head first. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch another trailer. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, this is going to be so great. And to see, I, I, I don't want to take any more away because I think people are going to start talking about it, but I am jacked up. And I think there's so many elements to the trailer that were so wonderful. Um, and especially coming from the creator of Bao. Yeah. I, it's just, it's so cool to be, you know, from that city seeing this story. And then, it, but it's, the, it's just the backdrop. It's the setting. It's going to be so, I, I, I can't watch another trailer because I will get too jacked up and I can't allow myself to feel. <laughs> You'll turn into um, a giant red panda. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, our, our resident giant red panda, what do you have to say? I think, um, you know, the thing I'm most excited about is, you know, a movie set in Toronto that looks like it's really going to be set in Toronto. And I don't even just mean from a physical land point standpoint. I think it's going to be really like just seeing the Culturally. CN Tower in, yeah. in, in, you know, animated form was so cool. And I really hope yeah. we do get to see a few more of those elements if they run past City Hall or or you know they're they're going through Chinatown or any of those sort of flares. I want Kensington Market. Kensington Market would be incredible. But I think the most remarkable thing was looking at all the the background characters and even, even the characters in the classroom. There's such a diversity mm-hmm. to the to the cast of characters in this movie that really is the identity of Toronto that I think they're going to nail absolutely on the head. I mean, there's a security guard with a turban and there's. The, the, the classroom she's in is, is completely mixed, um, you know, and I just think that's so wonderful to see on on the screen like that. Yeah. And she looks very mixed, too. Right. Like she doesn't look like she's 100 percent Asian. She looks mixed. Mm-hmm. Right. With her cultural background. And I think at the end, you kind of see it when she poofs out of the the giant red panda back to normal and then back to the panda. Um, so I, I think that you're right, Kevin. I think the film is going to capture uh, a, a level of diversity while also kind of talking about, you know, uh, a very, I think, personal experience of growing up and, and what that looks like and, and kind of using the, the metaphor of this transformation for uh, something that I think is going to be very r- relative and, and relatable to, to a lot of people. Well, I don't know the last kids movie that I watched that, I mean, maybe, maybe I saw, we saw a little bit with Inside Out, but tackling anxiety and, and how to deal with stress, yeah. right? For kids, I yeah. think is something that, first of all, to recognize that in the <laughs> first place, I mean, this is just, this is Pixar, this is, they're masters at this, right? They, right. They, they find ways to engage all the different audiences. We talked about this with Luca and I'm so excited. I'm so stoked. And yeah, Toronto uh, in, in a Pixar movie, like that's perfect. Like I wouldn't want any other studio to be, to be uh, showing this, uh, this city uh, like the way that they're doing. And, and also like freaking uh, Backstreet Boys, I thought was an mm. excellent that song so choice. Great point. Ah, yeah, huge points what for a using pick. that song. Yeah. Right. Um, and the only thing I will say, the only thing I will say, this minute and 40 second long trailer had me a little bit worried because and listen, I'm going <laughs> to I get flack because I talked about how there was an episode of The Mandalorian that had too much Star Wars in it. And so uh, I hope I don't get flack for this as well. But I do think like as much as I do want to see the Canadian references visually, I'm I'm just there were a lot of maple leaves on yeah, all these kids shirts why, yeah. a little bit too much to the point where I'm like, do Canadian kids really all wear maple leaves everywhere? There's a poster for hockey and I'm like, cool, obviously we need these references. But if they stuff the film full of A's and maple syrup in ways that are just not that, that don't work, yeah. it's going to feel it's not going to feel right. I don't know. I'm gonna, I think, that's the only I thing that worried get- me. 
I, I don't think it's going to be the whole movie. I mean, I think they're going to make right. the joke and they're going to they're going to have that. You know, the kids are wearing toques in the classroom and it looks like a bright, sunny day. That's not yeah. inherently yeah. a Canadian thing. Um, you'll see the subtle nods to it. They'll they'll bang it over the head a couple times. But I don't think that's going to be the tone of the movie. I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope yeah. not. You, that you was have to. If, it's like doing a Western and not having somebody wearing spurs and a cowboy hat. Right. You got to do right. it. But then focus on the story and the characters. Sure. Sure. Totally. I only I only watched the trailer once, and I want to keep it that way. But so I didn't notice those that those Canadian like, you know, amplifiers. But I I hope they celebrate Toronto if it yeah. is set there. But I agree mm-hmm. with you. If you're gonna just say, oh no, every Canadian in Toronto, you know, that's just not true. Yeah, right. capture uh, the diversity, right? Like capture the and, diversity and of Canada. The heart of it. it. Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. I think the heart of it is not everyone having a maple leaf and the maple syrup. I completely agree with that. So I didn't see that. So I complete. That's why I'm not going to watch any more trailers because I don't okay. want to because I, I like the. Uh, so the one thing I really, really liked is, again, they're kind of bringing back this Walls and Gromit animation that we saw in Luca. And yeah. there's a little bit of that happening here. And they're kind of taking these. I, I just love that. I, I love that they're kind of enhancing it and making it new, making it modern. Uh, I, I just think it's really cool. I just think it's it was. Ah, I'm just excited. That's the best part about, you know, Pixar sort of evolving is that they're getting so good with their CG that obviously they're not making it look lifelike. That would that would totally defeat the purpose. But they're making these objects look like physical objects in a physical world rather than just, you know, 3D graphics. And so it's it's that combination of that 3D CGI animation with something that feels physical and tangible that just gives it such an awesome look and, and, and aesthetic. I agree. Uh, the the scene at the at the end where she she poofs out and she stands there with the combs and her wearing the t-shirt it, it's such a anime expression like it, it has such an anime aesthetic so i'm interested to see if there's a little anime influence in terms of like uh the sort of characterization of of expressions and stuff like that if that's represented i i think we could see something like that we got subtle hints of it obviously in bow um and how the animation was approached there and it felt very different but to the point of of what you were saying monroe this this feels familiar to what we've seen in pixar with just a little bit of a new flair um and a little bit of a, a new taste of of something else so it's gonna it's, be cool it's worth it's respecting the past, but adding your personal spin. And then p- people are just taking it's it's so great because usually you just see, OK, well, that's done a thousand times. We're just doing it again. This yeah. is like taking the heart of what it was and enhancing it by making it personal. It's great. It dude, I'm so stoked. And uh, I know you're not going to watch another trailer for the movie. In fact, you're not even going to talk about another trailer on this podcast because that is it for trailer time. Um, but, you know, I think it's about time we get into our topic of the show. All right, so for today's topic, we are so stoked to be joined by Monroe, who's been acting since he was eight years old, and he starred in some fantastic films such as Knuckleball, Harpoon, and of course, Turbo Kid, uh, and has been in TV series such as The Latest Buzz and Degrassi, The Next Generation. Uh, and his latest film, Taking the Fall, is out now on Apple TV and Amazon Prime. But today, We've asked him to join us to discuss a different role for him as Jackson Pierce in Ubisoft's Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline DLC. So, Monroe, thank you so much for taking some time away from DeadSec to join us on this interview. Oh, you know, thanks so much for having me on and spotlighting, uh, 
you know, this DLC and, uh, you know, this corner of the craft. It's so cool, dude. This, uh, I had a chance to, to play some of it. And then I also just like, I, there's a whole YouTube montage as well of all the different scenes. So if you definitely want to check that out, um, you know, download, buy the DLC, and then you can watch those scenes too. Um, but no, Monroe, I, uh, I, I really, I've really been enjoying what I've played so far. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just so cool to, to have you in a video game. Um, I know I've gamed with you in the past, and from how often I see you on PSN playing hockey with your brother, um, you know, I know you've always been a gamer. Uh, and as I mentioned, you've been acting since you were eight. So let's start there. Um, did you ever think... Oh, actually, before we even get to the question, Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Can you just confirm once and for all? No, I can't. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Remember, I, when, while I was there, I yeah. heard Ubisoft. I heard Ubisoft. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I I say Ubisoft. Yeah. But I I from many people who work there, I heard all the same thing. I yeah. Just, okay. Whatever they say at E3, I'd say that's that's the one. All right. Well, listen. Uh, an Ubisoft game. Uh, did you ever think growing up as a young actor here in Canada that you'd ever get to be in a video game? No. No, <laughs> I, I didn't think I didn't think this kind of technology would be there like I, I i figured voice acting you know yeah. in that sense uh but nothing compared to what i did um uh, on bloodline mm. no 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 i i never thought like i uh, when i was young when i was like i think i was eight or nine no no i was like six six or seven i went to my dad and i said you know i want to be a cartoon i want to be like bugs bunny and uh <laughs> I, I, that's what i want to do and he he says well you, you know you can't do that <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah. a profession you can't turn into a cartoon so i cried for like three days you know of as you course do. yeah <laughs> and um then i did i when i was eight years old we were doing you know some commercials and then i got to be in an alphabets commercial and in the alphabets commercial i get sucked into the computer where i'm playing a game and then i get to turn into this knight and it's me in this big knight costume and i save the girl and then i get out and and start eating alphabets so then i laughed and i was like ha <laughs> see i did it and then so when yeah. i booked this uh when when it all worked out. I went to him again and said, ha, see, I did it again. <laughs> Joke's on That's you. That's awesome. You're two that steps so closer cool. now to being Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I'm that much closer. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And it's that's funny that you're, you're talking about, like, telling your dad that you're you're now in a video game and 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 you know you're you're almost like a cartoon and and you know i it's funny because i told my parents that you were acting in a video game and the craziest thing happened they seemed to understand what that meant which i think just speaks to like how good games have gotten at storytelling and how well they're known now for for their storytelling and their cinema and how cinematic they've become so i gotta ask you what were some of the biggest differences or similarities to you know, acting on screen or on stage uh, when it comes to acting in a video game? So on the, from an actor's perspective, nothing should change. So all your intention is there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all recreation. Like that's the craft, that's the heart. But everything as far as etiquette wise, uh, with technicians, everything that gets thrown out the window. Right. So it's, it's close to stage because there's no camera there. Well, there are cameras, but you're not worrying about, you know, somebody's light or um, a dolly or anything like that. You're, it's completely creation, but they'll have like different things. Like they'll have a table there or they'll put up a wall or, you know, they'll have a gurney up there that you're working with, but you're wearing this suit. So you don't have any clothes. So you can't mm. draw from, you know, the outfit that you're in or the costume and there's props, but the props are a stick with a bunch of balls on them. Like right. these like little, like these sensors. So it's literally bringing you back. What I loved about it was bringing you back 
to the beautiful innocence you had of why you wanted to be an actor, which right. is to create and to make a character out of nothing. And mm. that was the best part. You you had you had stuff around you and so like if you had a sword or if you had a gun, you did have something like that. But it's literally just a wall or four walls with all these very, 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 very expensive cameras that if you hit one of them, you have to shut it all down and then they have to reboot everything. So you have to really be smart about the, what you're doing. But it's it's wonderful. It's such a cool and different and progressive form of the craft in, in, in the corner of the industry. And some people... Uh, don't like it you know i read articles about it when i first joined on about people not liking it and thinking it's you know but it's just new they said the same thing about uh movies with sound right and you know the talkies and all that mm-hmm. stuff you know so it was uh it was a it was a radical experience and it was a, it was really fun to be a part of it very cool uh, now uh monroe you mentioned that uh you know you, you always love the the chance to sort of find a character and 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 you know explore the craft in that regard and you know i know a lot of our listeners our regular listeners at least are starting to become familiar with you from our watch club programs and so in the same kind of vein you're taking on a character in um jackson that is in the original uh watchdogs game but as a child and so this is so many years later and it's almost it's it's the same character but a new character did you sort of find that you had the ability to create a persona for this character when you took it on yeah so you create emotional history through his experience in the first game and so that's rooted and then you kind of fill it in with uh you know you talk to some of the writers the director because there's a lot of writers on on this project but you talk to the director and you say okay does this work what's happening here what's going on with his mom what's going like what has he been through has there been anything there so you create layers of emotional history or scar tissue that's Mm going to mold that character and mold his his reaction to things the way he approached stuff and and he's a very you know to start he starts off still very youthful Mm -hmm. he's got that youthful arrogance uh he's damaged he's got a prove it attitude um he's kind of in the footsteps still of uh the only father figure he's ever had. So he's got a lot of layers to him. And that's what was so much fun about playing him is that he, he's not a kid anymore, but he still hasn't grown up and he Mm. still hasn't taken that next step to be, you know, part of the, part of the group that way. And to kind of lead like the way his uncle did. So we kind of created that and we still wanted little hints of Aiden. And so that was mainly what I was researching. I, I, I looked at the Jackson from before, but he, the only thing I knew was just the little points in his life, in his timeline. And, but the main thing was just Aiden and having little nuances that, that Aiden had or Noam brought to the character and then just subtly throwing them in, whether it was vocally or, or, or his stance or the way that he delivered things, just little subtle stuff because it is a father son situation, even though he's his uncle. And you, you know, you notice that too, like throughout the game, just the way that, uh, that Jackson, you know, physically moves. And so, uh, definitely saw that a lot in, in the, in the performance as well. Um, I, we have a writing question, uh, actually from Alex from Toronto, uh, who says, uh, Hey Monroe, 
Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, how much Watch Dogs did you play before getting involved with this project? Uh, and were you f- really familiar with the story going in? I'm going to be honest. It was such a quick turnaround mm-hmm. from when I got the role from when we started filming. Um, I didn't play the game. So I watched a lot of the stuff online of the yep. first two games and of the of uh, of Legion, mm-hmm. of cutscenes, gameplay. So I watched a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't actually get to play it myself. So I knew of Watch Dogs, but it wasn't one that was like in the forefront of my head of like, you know, Assassin's Creed or, uh, um, or Far Cry or anything like sure. that. But I knew of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was so exciting for me. Mm. I didn't have this uh, pedestal to kind of go towards it was like no there's a huge fan base there. it's a big 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 um game right but i i got to put my spin on something or or approach this character without any kind of notion that i was like oh i gotta live up to something because mm. sometimes with games you got to be careful because there right. is going to be a so it was kind of like a free fall which was a, a lot of fun definitely yeah and it's it seems like that would be in um uh, less daunting yeah i think right getting into this for your first time yeah it's like it's like joining it's like if you join star wars <laughs> and yeah. you're a fanatic <laughs> yeah. you know you're like you that's all you've ever like there's a plot there's pros and cons to it but when you're when you're jumping it into a, a corner of the craft that's very new <laughs> that's very kind of being developed as we go along like every six months there's new technology new suits new ways to go about it it's you know and circus made it famous yeah. in that sense but he's it's he made it it's all about intentions all real so it, but it, it is strange because yeah. you, like when you're a kid in your room like for me i was in a kid in my room and i created the mountains around me i was in the water all this and you had that little childhood imagination just explode right. you have to do that constantly and then you have somebody else there in the room with you interesting and it's, it's cool cool Awesome. Yeah, it sounds sounds like you know. Apart from obviously the on screen presence that you had in the game, your voice is is used quite extensively, uh, even even when you're off screen as sort of like a I guess an informant for Uncle Aiden. Um, can you describe how it was providing just your voice for so many lines of dialogue in the game? People have no idea how hard it is. Yeah. I'll say that right now. If yeah. anybody like is watching stuff like where it's like just voice acting or anything like anime, voice acting is so difficult because you're you're naked. You're completely naked with your intention, with your emotion, because nobody can see you crying. You right. know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. can see those little like nuances. Now with when we're doing motion capture, okay, sometimes they can pick up. Right. But with voice acting, you literally have to hear the voice and hear the heart. Cause in in when you're doing it in film the eyes are the are the windows well what happens when they're not there right so it all has to come from a rooted place it was so much fun to tackle that and i i i I hope sincerely i get the chance to do it again because i was learning as we were going you know the 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 the, the directors and the writers that were in the booth with me well not actually in the booth because of covid and everything like that they were um we would always say they were god the gods above us or they'd right. be in my they'd be in the voices in my head I'd be like god what do you yeah, think about yeah. that one um no M actually that he he coined that it was really really funny filming that but anyway um you're kind of learning as going now, i had done a little bit of voice work and it's different than adr because when you're doing adr you're just adjusting and um you're just recreating what you've done before and that's just 
that's a different technique and that's a different form of the craft. But when it's done well, it's done well. And I, I just try to do the best I could. And, you know, you learned, I learned a lot. I know, I know with um, our YouTube videos, we've done a lot of voice work, uh, voiceover work in the past. And I found it almost the hardest thing because you, you did mention that, you know, you almost feel naked and, and you are just sort of looking into a microphone. And so did you find a level of like self-consciousness that you had to get over so that you could truly sort of embrace the role? Because you do have to sort of physically get into it, I can imagine, right, to really sell what you're what you're saying. And so was there ever that sort of, you know, nervousness and trying to act and, and looking silly doing it? You know, I just picture Hugh Jackman in the booth for Logan and he's doing the running scene and he's all in. He's he's giving everything he can, even though all you're hearing is his voice. Yeah, that's the that's the fun part when you actually get to do physical stuff. It's it's the it's I, I, I for me personally, it was it's always easier for me, and this is my own perspective, of doing the peaks emotions, the peak of emotions. Right. So when you when you're going full force, whether it be anger, grief, lust, happiness, euphoria, anything like that, those are good because you can add physicality. It's the ones that are very mundane. The, the the kind of the the ones that you were saying how I was telling Uncle Layden to go okay go there what's going over here um there must be something we must do like it, it, in the video game you're kind of directing the 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 gamer right. so you have to do that in a natural way that isn't too nudge nudge wink wink but it's also the character being curious in a very natural way it's so interesting to do that because you don't it's it's exposition on a different level right yeah because you're literally telling like it was really surreal like hearing i'm playing and i'm hearing your voice come through my, my headphones <laughs> and i was like are we on chat right now like what's going on I, I you know felt like we were on on psn but like dude it was um you know I, I there were moments where i heard you you would read a line in one way and you would read a line again another way uh how many takes did you have to do you know for some of these lines is it is it astronomical do you do like five or six different ones that they are all used for different, you know, reasons or, um, you know how sometimes video games do that thing where it's like, if you're in one area of the game, the character sounds like this. If you're in another area of the game, they're saying the same thing, but they sound like this. Did you have to do anything like that? Like alternate takes? Yeah, absolutely. So every single time we had a, we had a line or anything like that, we would do three to five. It probably okay. three to five takes of each one, and then depending on what the emotion is or what the situation is, we'll do we'll do variations of intention. We'll do variations right. of uh, intensity, mm. um, variations on whatever we're trying to do. Like it, it was that, that's what's fun again. That's that's again. It's it's a form of um, putting on a clinic. You, right. you get the chance to be like, okay, let's, let's flex a couple muscles now. Let's show what I can do because Fair they're going, okay, do it a little more like this. Do it like, you know, and that's where the direction is. That's, that's half the job of what we do. Mm. There's the creation, we, you know, your recreation, but half the job is being molded. Mm. Somebody pulling the strings of you emotionally and everything like that then there's also a chemistry and all that kind of stuff but you know that's that's where this was kind of it stripped everything because they're going okay now throw this layer on throw that layer on and can yeah. you add those layers on top of each other in four words and it works right and th and that's fun 
that's at least at least for me it's fun maybe for other people it's not fun i know people who hate adr and they don't like that stuff and they don't yeah. like voice work and that's absolutely fine because that's you you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like but i i get a kick out of that because it's what i love to do i love to create a like to just create like this stuff so yeah it's it's a lot of fun cool now uh did you get a chance to do some mocap work for the game most of my work was mocap Okay. Oh, amazing. And so, uh, I mean, I'm going to take it goofy here and, and just ask, what was it like wearing the, you know, the skin tight suit with the, the, the ping pong balls all over it? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. It was fun for like, it was because I love, because like Andy Circus is so flipping good and watching it, you'd think that the suit is like, oh, it's just so soft. It's not very soft, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, I've had on, like I've done, uh, I, d- I did a, I remember thinking back to a show I did once that it was like a period piece and yeah, the wool's a little, little rough, but, yeah. it, but the suit is great. It's, it's again, it's, it's, how do I put it? It's you're stripping yourselves of everything that makes you comfortable while you're filming. So if you're there trying to find the emotion for something, you lend yourself to a prop. Like for me, I always lend myself to a prop of the character and that's my root or there's a jacket or a hat yeah. or, or just even the costume in general just kind of sinks you in immediately. It's yeah. gone. So yeah. that was so much fun. And I, I was, I was very lucky for the first couple days. Um, I was kind of in and out, you know, they were kind of, you know, the first beginning of schedule. So I got to watch Noam and Sean uh, who are vets at this work. Yeah. And have fun and little nuances they do and wow, the little techniques to come in and out. Um, but it's it's all the same. And it's the same because you have the root of what the craft is. And as long as you remember that and you don't get distracted by wearing this jumpsuit. <laughs> right. It's a lot of fun because everything else will just take care of itself as far as, you know, building chemistry and, and the choreography and the, the, you know, the blocking and everything like that. That'll just come into come into the fold. And, and did they do face capture as well as as uh, body capture? Yeah. So there I could are times... see your face in Jackson's character. Like when you're doing those cutscenes, I can. It it was you on screen there. It was really yeah. neat. Yeah, it's a helmet. Okay, cool. It's a helmet, and it was yeah. And that's that's the other thing. Like doing it was was great because you got to be subtle, but you can't be too subtle. So you can't do micro expressions. You have to, but you can't be too broad because it looks ridiculous. Right. So you're somewhere in between doing a tight and close up of, you, you know, uh, like Mer- uh, Meryl Streep's um, micro expression nuances. And then you have the theatrical movement of physical acting. So how right. did you find the balance with that, though? Like, did they give you a screen to, like, look at while you did it so you could test that out and see, like, the sort of range of motion that you have with your face in terms of jump in and swim? Really interesting. That, well, because that's it. Because they yeah. they're trusting you based on you know that's that's what the audition process is about, right. and they you know I, I'm sure that comes into consideration. Right. And that's great. And it there's just little things like you know when uh, um, Giancarlo Esposito did Far Cry, he's amazing. Yeah. He's just amazing in general, but he worked because he could add stillness and then be broad, um, and have. 
you can do that range, but you can't be too broad. It, it's you're just finding the level, and that's where you trust the director, you trust the writers. They're watching it the whole time, and if there's something that's not working or something that won't read, they'll they'll pull you back or push you forward, whatever you need. But that's it's fun for you because you get to kind of play, and you get to the best thing you can ever do as an actor is make choices, bold, creative, uh, personal choices. And this allows you to do multiple of them and hitting different notes on the wave of your line. It's great. Well, speaking of playing Monroe, I want to know, like, you know, you see the you see all these like TV shows and movies of like the main characters and they're doing mocap and like on the screen, you see them with like the wireframes of their character, like doing the silly dances and stuff. Can you just please confirm for me, Monroe, uh, video game actor Monroe, that that is a thing in real life like did you get to see like a wireframe of you and did you do silly dances and stuff to get used to it no so <laughs> my dreams are we shattered don't, missed opportunity we we, yeah. that that stuff comes later okay. so we we basically there's just a tv um that shows the we don't see the footage that the cameras on the walls are taking like the really the, the motion capture cameras right but we'll see what the the reds uh are showing because okay. the reds will be connected to a TV. There's a TV there that the directors and them are watching and all that stuff. Okay. So, nice. No, you don't, we don't see any of that stuff. Like later on though, they may show you a clip or something, but no, 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 that's, you don't, you know, that, that'd be kind of fun, but no. All right. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty then. <laughs> and killing his hopes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Final question, Monroe, uh, with so many fantastic franchises released by Ubisoft, over the years, such as Assassin's Creed, Splinter Cell, Prince of Persia, and of course, Far Cry, as you mentioned. Uh, the list obviously goes on here. Uh, we want to know, what would be the next Ubisoft series you'd love to be a part of, if you had your choice? It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because uh, honestly, I, you're not going to like my answer, but I... Prince of Persia? No, just no, 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 no. He no. looks like he could be uh, the Prince of Persia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've come to terms in in my career mm -hmm. uh, fantasizing about picking and choosing. Mm -hmm. Most times for actors, it's not realistic. Right. right. So I, I would love to say, oh, this one for sure, that one for sure. No. If, if I ever get the wonderful opportunity to be a part of one and they think I'm right for it, I'll take any opportunity I like. There's that I I couldn't choose one just for like, oh, I'd love to do that. Like, no, it's anything and everything I'd, I'd love to play. Oh, I'm telling you, with the with the pony uh and 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 the facial hair you're rocking, <laughs> to I could totally see you in like a revolution era Assassin's Creed in like, you know, the founding of America. I played a game back on the old PSP that was set in that time frame and I could totally see it with the big blue coat and a musket you know like yeah, you'd fit right in you'd look great it'd, it'd be a blast it'd be a blast that's for sure i mean i honestly i kind of would want you in uh in in splinter cell you know i think you know with ironside i you've worked with ironside quite often uh and like dude i'm just saying we need the next generation of of splinter cells out there and who could lead it who could lead it wouldn't that be fun though? That'd be so that'd be, cool. that I those are some heavy, heavy shoes to <laughs> True. fill. He's True. He, he's yeah. got he's got a booming voice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I could I could totally see you as like some sort of specialty character on Just Dance. Like that'd be pretty dope. 
Just dance. Yeah, Dude, exactly. Justin, you have no idea. You have no idea. This guy's amazing at dancing. He's... Me and my two left feet. Dude, oh, yeah. No, he's won sure. dancing competitions. Monroe, you're being too modest right now. You've won dancing competitions. I know you have. Dude, anyways. Let me, um... let me tell you a game I would play in a heartbeat. Uh, mm. I want the Degrassi video game. Let, you know, first I would. Uh, that's my childhood. A choose right there. your play, adventure game. Yeah. Uh, sure, choose your own adventure. The grassy game. They could that do it. They could do it like um like remember that game that they did like a game called Bully that uh, Rockstar put out I think right and like they really could, yeah they could do they could do like that sort of like high school like drama that's I don't think that's been tapped in video games that would be amazing. That'd be great. If I was running into Joey Jeremiah in the hallways, I'm I'm, I'm set, man. Wow. I'm toast. Old school Degrassi. Jeez. Cool. All right. Well, Monroe, this was uh, this was awesome getting a chance to talk to you about your your role in Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline yeah. and and uh, that experience that you had. Um, Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline is out now on PS4, PS5, Xbox, and PC. Um, before we get to our, our like kind of wrap up here, um, I want to know Monroe, how can our listeners keep up with the latest and greatest from you? And is there anything you want them to check out now? Yeah. So, uh, you can, most stuff that I post is on, uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the underscore Monroe. That's about it. And, you know, uh, I got a, I did something really, really, really fun earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot of fun, but again, nothing I can really, really promote too much. But again, taking the falls out there, yeah, um, we're really proud of that film. Um, under all the hurdles we had, we shot in eight days, which is just unheard of. You, it Jeez. shouldn't have worked, yeah, under eight days. But you know, everyone was dedicated and made it work. And then obviously, um, Bloodline, Watchdogs. You know, it was a blast to do, and I, I hope people are enjoying it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, listen. If you're enjoying, uh, if you're enjoying the Bloodlines DLC, uh, or you have a question. Uh, or any thoughts on the latest trailers that have just come out, and you want to ask it just like Alex from Toronto did, uh, well, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to work alongside your uncle to take down the CEO of a giant evil tech corporation. Instead, Justin, can you let our lovely listeners know how to reach us? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Very cool. Uh, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest movies and series out now, uh, including our spoiler-filled review for Marvel's Black Widow. Uh, we got our, our Watch Club series uh, for Loki, which is done now, but you can go back and re-watch it and re-listen to all those episodes. Uh, and, of course, we have our Watch Club for Star Wars, The Bad Batch, which I think is just going to, in these next few episodes, I really do think are going to <laughs> become amazing. I hope I think, so. I think. Well, I don't know. We've been a little... It out for 16 episodes for nothing. <laughs> so we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely that see. sinister laugh from Kevin. You <laughs> he's suckers. Just, he's just I the. Just, that's yeah. my I dodged a bullet laugh. That's yeah, all yeah. I'm gonna say. He's palpatining right now. He's palpatining. Uh, I also think uh, you should check out our quick fire review for Space Jam: A New Legacy. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more reviews coming up soon as we start to see more and more movies uh, and more content also from Disney Plus. So go give those a listen. And if you want to check out, you know, we're talking about uh, Watch Dogs Legion here, uh, uh, Bloodline, and uh, video games. And uh, if you love video games and you want to check me out playing some Death's Door on stream, twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. You can also check out Instagram, uh, which I'm just at NatePlaysGames on Instagram to see when I'm going live. So please come by, say hi, and let's hang out and just talk about video games. Let's keep the conversation going over there. Justin, Kevin, and Monroe, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. 
Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>